2: Podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland for what may be a finite period. I'm Trev Downey and this is the Anfield Index podcast, episode number 374, for which I'm joined by Lisa Marie Hanahan. And only Lisa Marie Halland. So it's just gonna be the two of us having a chat today. We've got some interesting topics to discuss and hopefully there'll be ones that are eminently relatable for you. But let's begin by saying hello to my guest today. Lisa Marie, how are you?
3: Good morning, Trev. It is morning here. Um while we record. I know it's afternoon for you, but it is morning. So and it's a rainy morning here in, in lovely middle Tennessee, but not as cold as it was Earlier in the week, or as I understand it, is is for you right now over there um, in Ireland.
2: Yeah, it's 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 um, uh, um I guess kind of typically frosty and all that type of stuff here. And um, what happens is if we get any sort of mild weather effects at all, it seems as if in 2023 there needs to be warnings all over the television. It's cold, <laughs> lads, put on your coat. It's a bit windy. I, I we we had um. You know the way they have to name every little gust of wind these days. Yes. So the last storm, whoever it was called, storm, you know, Alphonsus or whatever it was, uh, was blowing wildly through the general environs of Ireland. And as a result, uh, our school and every school in Ireland in the region, regions where the storm was passing through uh, was closed. Uh, certainly it was supposed to be closed for the morning. And then we got, we got word that, Oh, it needs to be closed for the day and transport networks are down and all this kind of stuff. Uh, by half past 10, Lisa Marie, I'm having a cup of coffee, looking out my window at home here. Um, and it's dead still. The sun is shining. And I'm thinking, we are so soft. The whole world has gone so soft. It's ridiculous. So that's basically where we're at with weather. But as I was looking out that morning into my little uh, patch of green, I was aware uh, that I might have a finite amount of time that I'm going to be looking at it because, you know, kind of it's kind of famously been part of how I introduce every show. It's something I really associate with myself, this little corner of the world. Uh, but yeah, like I said to you at the start, there, starting to think it might be an idea for me to move and not be a, a debt slave for the rest of my life. So big moves potentially on the horizon, Lisa Marie. That's interesting, eh?
3: Sorry, I had to mute. The cat was meowing. Um, <laughs> and I had Good to move. kick him out of the room. Yeah. So, you know, we moved. Gosh, I guess it was five years ago now. And I mean, we just moved basically up the road, but it was it was an undertaking. Um, it was an undertaking. So, yeah. But, you know,
2: but, you know the period where you're looking at every single house that comes on the market in the commutable, potentially commutable distance. Yeah. Um, and everything just looks like a shit version of what you've already got, and it's just, or or, or else, or else all the houses that are, are look wonderful to you are like twice your budget. Exactly. And it's it's just a, it's it's a it's a it's an obsession at the moment. Um, our local um, websites here, the major one is is daft.ie, which I know you're familiar with because I've seen. I think you've had <laughs> one or two little looks around yourself. Uh, this the this this uh, general island and. Uh, it, 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 I've, I'm never off it. I swear to God, it's on my work computers, on my home computers, on my phone. I've got the app. It's just an obsession now. Um, and I yeah. don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, can you can you see a situation? I know you're kind of slightly you, your kids are slightly different demographic to mine. So you've got a little bit or you've got a few more years of of that kind of concern. Is it part of the plan for you guys, though, maybe when you get to that certain age where you just go, oh, look, we don't need to be here anymore. We don't need this kind of uh, hanging around us. We could just downsize and, and, and free ourselves up a bit. You
3: know, I mean. It, 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 you're right, because we still have well, technically all three of them still live at home. Um, I mean, of course, Paul's off at school, so he's he's only here part time now. But so we are in a little bit. But it is funny when we bought this house, of course, five years ago, so the children were much younger. And I mean, part of the reason we we moved was we needed more space. We were kind of tripping all over each other yeah. um, in in the home we were in, and so we moved, and it was great. And and now it, you know, again because. The, the kids are that much older and not around as much. Um it it kind of feels like we have a lot of I don't want to say unused space, but but it does it feels like it doesn't need to be as big as it is, you know, now. Now, thank God we moved, you know, we moved in in, 20, in fall of 2018. And had we been in our old house during lockdown and COVID insanity, Someone would not have survived. I promise you. Yeah. Somebody would not have survived. I'm yeah. not saying who. It might have been me.
2: But. I get, I get that. I can relate more than you can tell because in, in the in the year in the 27, all all through 2017, uh, we'd been considering what we're considering now. But unfortunately, something happened. There was this um, uh, factory due to be built next to us, which was going to have a serious impact on. Our our house value, for being perfectly honest, so it kind of really impaired us a little bit, and so we pulled out reluctantly of the plan that we are currently considering which was to downsize which we could have done back then that's how that's how long my kids out of the house and uh, we you know we could have done it then but the thing we were looking at was a little two bedroom in a in a in a kind of uh, at the end of a terrace so you'd be you know cheek by jowl with a lot of humanity and more to the point like you said cheek by jowl with the person you're sharing the house with and we would not have made it and in fact what happened because of all that shit was I realized I actually like this space. I'm going to use the space to do something with it. With. And now, you know, as, as everyone knows, now I'm a farmer.
3: Well, yes, I was going to say, is <laughs> that about the time you started your gardening adventures. Um, exactly yeah, you know, that you've got exactly to think that. about that because yeah. you love that. And, you know, if, where, where you're going to end up, you're, you're going to need you a little patch of ground.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So <laughs> absolutely. it's 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 it's, it's, uh, it's an all like if people will, will forgive the indulgence of this chit chat because it's going to be very much distracting me for the next six months, eight months, whatever long, however long it takes. So I mean, you might as well be aware of it, folks. Uh, if if I seem a little bit uh, distracted by times, and you know what, one thing that kind of we 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 were going to talk about today, and I think it's a good place for us to start the opening discussion point for today again. Maybe it's because I've got a lot in my mind, but I find myself just looking around and shaking my head most of the time. I I can't engage with things. I saw um, Our mutual friend, Damo, who I've met. Um, uh, uh, always good to meet people from Twitter. And Damo was a lovely, lovely fellow that I met um, and actually had a couple of points with and had a good laugh with and hope to do it again. And I saw him saying something about, you know every so often I, I i'll tweet something and then i'll just uh i'll have to delete it because all the crazies come out to play and i i know i i've been that soldier for the last while i'm just everything's just making my me wince and shake my head and sharp intakes of breath and it's easier just to let it go most of the time i've gotten quite good at that but i do understand the temptation to bite every so often so when everything is a bit crap we really rely on football so the question I have for you is why like what is it why do you do it and again it's specifically relevant to you as well because of the sacrifices involved in terms of getting up early to talk nonsense to Irish lads on podcasts getting up early to watch matches even earlier you know having your coffee to try and keep the eyes awake it's going to have a real impact on, 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 on you the idea of supporting this team so again the question is why now to kick us off, I have a little clip, and the little clip is a reminder of why. But also, this, this this season gives us a little bit of the taste of both things, like why you do it and why it's probably not good for you. But anyway, five years ago today, this happened. Storage so challenged by Zuma illegally. Charlison's just being a little daft now, and still being daft. Alexander-Arnold, one last serve, comes out, oh Van Dyke, and more time,
4: oh Pickford's lost it, David Carigi. unbelievable, it's
2: a missed cue by Virgil van Dijk. I mean, if you wanted to know why you do it, it's moments like that, right, Lisa Marie? So, I mean, let's start there. Given what it is in terms of sacrifice for you, I know you don't overplay it. Um, we tend to emphasize it more, but it is a very big consideration. Why is it? What, what What is it about this sport, this team, this club that makes you continue with it when you have, as we all know, a very busy professional and, and, and personal home life there? What is it that makes you want to keep showing up?
3: I think it I think it's for the possibility of moments like that. You just never know when something like that's going to happen. and and I you know, I love an anticipation. I love a surprise, you know, it's, it's, you know this kind of ties nicely. We're going into the holiday season, and you know, my kids are like, so this is what I'm going to get you. I'm like, no, I don't want to know what you're getting me for Christmas. I want to be <laughs> surprised and but I think it ties back to you know, you just never know. I mean, you know, even the game, you know, last weekend against City, which while, was not exciting at all. I think I, I messaged you at one point and said, why did I get up this early to be this bored? Um, but then we got that goal from Trent, you know, where, where we weren't really expecting it to happen because he hadn't really been playing all that great. And so I think it is I for me. It's just. That anticipation of you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, to be fair, some of us, you know, a lot of times your day to day life, I mean, I don't want to say it's completely predictable, but for the most part, it is, you know, you can get up, you're going to go to work, you generally kind of know what's going to happen there. I mean, surprises do happen, but, but I think for me, it is, it's, it's that, it's that you just never know. And, um, you know, it did get a bit tedious last season and and I think we had this discussion at some point in time because since things were just not going well, it you know, I had come and I think it, you know, it was just a a happy coincidence that went around the time I started following the team, they really got good and we got, you know, getting these you know, where we could drag a match over a line and, and get the win or the draw if necessary or whatever. And we lost that bit of magic last year. And so it was just, you know, I, you know, I used to go into it and if it, you know, if we were down by a goal or if, if we needed a goal to, to win it, I would just be like, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to do it because so many times they did pull it off, you know, and, and oftentimes it was by, you know, unexpected, not necessarily the the player or the person you'd expect it to, or it would be, you know. Yep, most solid would come through for us, or, or or whatever. And we did not have that last season, you know. And I don't want to dwell on the past, but but there was a period last year, and it was probably eh, February, March, where you know it just was like a. I mean, I didn't have. Well, I did have some obligations because I was doing some of, of Nina's post match shows. You know, you're a like, like, ugh, if I wasn't on a show, I would not be watching this game, you know, because it was just, it was a bit of a struggle. And I know, you know, you, I'm sure felt that with, you know, with the Raw um, podcast as well, but, but now it's kind of come back, you know, like I only saw the first half of of the game against uh, Lask on um, Thursday, but it was kind of fun to watch. I mean, yeah, we were open and we weren't doing as well, as we were, but it was fun. It was, it was just kind of fun. And, but I think it is just to boil it down to, to one point. I think it's just that, anticipation of something something could come off here and and it'll give us something to talk about and just enjoy you know through the rest of your week
2: yeah i mean we're both famously exponents of uh, the fun aspect of football <laughs> and, fun. yeah and, and and very much i kind of openly admit that that's what we're in it for and i think that comes from perhaps you know you Get to a certain stage in, uh, of of of, <laughs> of the way through your life, and you realize there's quite a lot of kicking in the face happens, and so it's nice uh, to have a little bit of joy. And and, and this is where I, I, there's a little twist in the tale in in terms of this topic, and specifically that example that I brought up, and I brought it up very specifically because. At the end of that campaign, and this has been a bone of contention between me and several uh, people who I really like, really have a lot of time for good people who stand under the same banner as us and have the same opinions about an awful lot of stuff, but where my dissatisfaction occurs is at the end of that campaign we lose the league by a point yes we win the champions league and it's one of the most incredible moments of all of our times as liverpool supporters and i would imagine right up there is probably the highlight of yours given the enormity of that trophy and 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 the fact that as you say you kind of you kind of coincide with the clock period so you have experienced both things. You've experienced the incredible highs, but you've experienced just as many incredible lows where we lose finals and we lose out in the league by a point on two separate occasions. And it's very, very hard stomach. Um, To to the extent that I I, I don't know whether or not I've ever got, I've I've ever really gotten over it. Um, So yeah, fun. Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> but I think it's important to admit the opposite too—that the end of that campaign was absolutely um, joy because it's the last uh, hurrah for that campaign was a joyous moment. But losing out in that league was 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 just gut wrenching as it was on other occasions as well. And what people say, Lisa Marie, is, "Oh well, it's, it's City. I mean, you know, it's City. What are you going to do?" And I. Yeah, it just never, that never really washes for me because there were occasions and during those seasons where we could have just ensured by doing X, Y or Z that whether it was City or not, we won the league like we did the year after. And I don't know, I don't know if I'm being disingenuous. Therefore, when I say that I'm in football for the moments of joy, I wonder if I'm being a little bit simplistic because that would have been my answer as well. Honest to God answer. But then I think, well, you're you're really a a a, a a a sick bastard, Trev, because you're submitting yourself to an awful lot of pain for those <laughs> rare moments. So, do you see what I'm saying? Because we, we people yeah. will say, oh, people will say to us, oh, boohoo, first world problems. You're losing Champions League finals. Do you know what most people would do to be in that position? Blah blah. I don't care. And what people when people <laughs> say to you, um. <clears throat> You know, you, you, well, it's only Manchester City. They, you, you like they're very, very good and you know, the whole aura around them perhaps bending the rules to say the least. I, I don't care. I don't care. And uh, so I'm I'm wondering about my motivation. I'm wondering if I am a sicker puppy than I think I am. Like why am I still in it? You That's know, good. what what's your what's your take on that? Because you've been like I say, your your period of support has seen just as many crushing lows as it has superb highs. And, you know, getting the finals and losing them is shit. And I I know you've seen at least that that happen at least three, if not four times. I don't know, were you Europa League first time around?
3: No, I really really wasn't following. Are
1: you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well... As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index.
3: At that point in time, it was just kind of like, oh, did did Liverpool win? You know, I mean, if if I was around, Mm -hmm. I might switch game on, you know, or and, you know, and I might check the result. But but I was just getting to where I understood the big picture, if you will, you know, the the different competitions and and all those things. So, So yeah. So
2: 17, 18, then the, the first Champions League final defeat was probably. When you were getting on board in a big way, so your first experience is like soul crushing,
3: right? You know? <laughs> yeah, but you know, I wasn't watching that game because here's the thing: the Champions League final um, famously tends to coincide with my daughter's dance recital. <laughs> of course it does. So, <laughs> so yes. So I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch that. That one live, and and I do remember just you know, and I was kind of fo- it seems like I was sort of following it online a little bit, and you know saw you know Mo's injury and was just like oh that's awful because of course the World Cup was coming up and you know and you were really realizing what a player you know Mo was and you know and all those things, and um and so then of course the next year when we won it that also I mean seriously I'm I'm checking the score in the middle of of her dance recital which she wasn't involved at the time I mean like I'd go sit through, you know a two three hour performance and she'd be on stage like you know twice so um now it's you know she's on quite a lot but yeah and I mean I think I remember um I was messaging back and forth with um uh your your neighbor your neighbor in Louth there um Mr. O'Donoghue and um I'm like, oh, my gosh. And of course, he was all excited. And and again, I was just coming to realize the the big picture and what a thing this was for us to have have won, you know, won that that trophy. And and again, even that week or whatever before when we didn't win the league. I didn't quite I mean, it was like, oh, we were so close, but I didn't quite get yet how crushing it was to be that close and not get it over the line. If, because if because you weren't yet yeah. yeah, so fully. It's, yes. it's, it's yeah. becoming you know, those those types of things are, are like, I think the 21-22 20, the season, that was the harder one for me, where we just lost the league. And then, of course, the, the Champions League final. I mean, I was depressed for, I think, a week after all of that happened. And, and I mean, and it wasn't even just the the loss of of the match, but but it was also just you know the bigger picture of all those things that happened in Paris and just you know just how absolutely horrible that was and so it was really really that was really really difficult and and so yeah so it, that's kind of grown with me as as the the awareness has grown and i just remember us going and i know we talked about this last year you know we went into last season just So positive because we had come off that, you know, wonderful season before the two trophies we won, the two that we nearly won. It's like, all right, we're going to go again. And then of course we did it. And it just, you know, there was a certain point last, last season where I'm just like, why am I doing this to myself? This is, this is supposed to be my bit of, you know, it's kind of a hobby, you know, it's a hobby essentially, you know, this is my distraction from, you know, the other things. that that stressed me out in life, this should not be causing me stress. And um, but, you know, I the other part that has has brought enjoyment for me, of course, has been the greater community of Liverpool supporters, specifically our Anfield Index family. There goes the cat again. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I I think the overall enjoyment you know now the more the more i'm thinking of it isn't even now it's you know it started as is the game and watching the team and enjoying the things that the that the team brought but it's it's kind of grown to i mean when i think back of you know you and i would have never crossed paths ever likely unless i tripped over in a pub some point in you know ireland if it weren't for liverpool and and i've i've come to appreciate that kind of the community that has grown, you know, that is that is around the team as much as the team themselves.
2: That's some hideous, Cam branch level um, stereotyping <laughs> of, of me, assuming that I've been a pub for you to trip to trip over, probably in some prone posture, dribbling from one side of my mouth. I see. I see where you're going with this. Anna, I see.
3: <laughs> you know, Cam hasn't been on for a while. And we miss him. So, you yeah. know. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so he decided to keep the spirit of his uh, Irish racism alive, fair play to uh, you. Hey, no, wait a
3: minute. How are you even getting that? Oh, because I said a pub in Ireland, whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, what a wild All right. stretch. We would wild have stretch. crossed
3: paths at the Hill of Tara while I would have been admiring the majestic countryside of County Meath. Better?
2: Yeah, better, again. <laughs> better again. Okay, we'll edit that later. Uh, so... so uh yeah we did we do miss cam it'd be great to get cam back on but he's for for in case you're wondering if cam has just abandoned us he, he hasn't he's just very very busy uh in his own life with some family prep uh going on there and lots of changes uh that he's trying to impact upon his his domestic situation quite physical changes by the way uh, in terms of uh, moving bits and pieces everywhere so uh, yeah the poor lad's on top of his head so we will uh, get him back in the loop whenever he's available to do that and you know one of the I guess one of the reasons why I thought this would be a very sort of seamless enough chat for us to have is that one of the moments without the highlight for me, you mentioned the Manchester city game and how it was If we're like, I, again, loads of people afterwards, these somebody talking about what a wonderful high standards of football are on display and How I did have a smashing time watching the game. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I, I really did not now, enjoy it. What were
3: it. they watching? I don't <laughs> know.
2: I, I did not enjoy any of it. And I thought, <laughs> I thought we were massively underwhelming and I thought city were, like, you know, delightfully weren't anywhere near their best so I again I, I don't understand but you know I, if they can get their joy from that then I think hats off to those people but the thing that made me laugh the thing that made me smile the thing that gave me a little bit of fun um, from the game was Darwin Nunes having a go at Pep Guardiola and I don't care if that's puerile in extremis. I don't care if that makes me the oldest little baby uh, in the podcasting world. I, it just made me giggle. I love the idea of this guy. Um, I think I understand. And I think it's harsh on a lot of the other players. But I do understand why the crowd in Anfield has taken to him in a way that I don't think we've seen. I I, I would imagine... I would imagine you haven't seen anything like this because I mean you've seen the idolization of Mo Salah, Bobby Firmino, for example. I was there for his last game and and the love was outrageous uh, on display for him. He was beloved, um, but I've never seen anything like this. It was instant and the guy can do no wrong. I mean he 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 could hit the corner flag with a shot, they'll chant his name. He could fall over in his arse, they'll chant his name, and things like that. And we used to we saw a couple of times when. He was a substitute, and he was absolutely losing the plot, looking to get involved in an aggressive way. He's just a passionate guy. I think that's what people love, Lisa Marie, because that was, like I say, that was my fun. That was the thing I took out of that game. There was a bit of crack. Um, Did you have any take on that? Because, and again, you'll forgive me for going down this route here, but sometimes I wonder if it's just a very sort of a blokey thing, you know, that sort of masculine posturing is that kind of... Do 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 women supporters watch that and just go fucking dope or 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 not? Again, and and the reason I ask is because I'm not sure because uh, my missus doesn't like sport, um, <laughs> but occasionally we we'll sit down when the rugby's on, and the reason she watch the rugby is because it's violent as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. And she sit kind there. and the reason and,
3: I watch it, and yeah, I don't watch it very often. But if I walk through, I'm like, I want to see a fight.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. She <it's>, <laughs> sit there and wince at the hits and go, Oh, great. And generally getting giddy at the at the violence of it. Um. So I don't want to I don't want to stereotype either. So I'm just curious. I, I, you know, for, again, just if you'll excuse me for asking, from a female perspective, when you see that. Is it just do you have, do you have the same kind of indulgent smile on your face going what a, what a lovable dope or or are you is it, are you more dismissive?
4: Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League, and we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on eplindex.com the podcasts are my own two-footed podcast which is every day at 4 p.m. monday through friday covering the whole league we have a tad predictable hosted by tadewa you know tadewa he does anfield index he presents a tad predictable before every premier league match week and then kevin devries and his crew on the epl round table they're every week after the premier league match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: Okay. I, I do not presume to speak for the entire female <laughs> population just from us. A- so, I you know I I do tend to enjoy stuff like that, and and I don't in this specific case with with Darwin it it may have been a little bit because it was with Pep you know so yeah. that that probably brought a little bit more of a of a, a smile perhaps that than you know possibly if if it had happened with with somebody else but but yeah I mean oftentimes especially when you can see that there isn't necessarily a chance of it getting out of hand and and therefore costing us, you know, like Klopp was right there on it. You know, the other players, you know, especially it's, to me, it seemed like the, the the Spanish speaking ones were, were right there, you know, Adrian yeah. and and um, Alexis McAllister yeah, so, and, yeah. and it seems like there was somebody else that was, you know, that were right there to, to sort of diffuse and move away and, and specifically be able to, you know, diffuse in, in his, um, you know, primary language um, as necessary. Did anybody ever find out what, what kicked it off? I mean, I heard a couple speculations, but I don't yeah. know that there was ever any specific, you know, official mention is, and and there probably never will be. I mean, there, they probably will never, will never actually say until one of them writes a book one day. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do tend to, to, to be a little bit amused by things like that. And as I said, generally when, it's something that isn't going to cost us, you know. Every now, if again, if you see things kind of kick off in a match, and you're just kind of like, oh, okay, now let's everybody calm down before you know someone gets thrown out. You know, I, I you know, I don't, yeah, I, I don't mind that happening to the other team, of course, but um, <laughs> don't. <mind. laughs> and of course, you know, and then I get amused by it if I'm watching, you know, like another game. I mean, not that I watch loads of, of other other football, you know, that, that doesn't involve Liverpool, but, you know, we'll have it on generally on, especially Saturday morning. And, you know, if, if I saw like, you know, Manchester United and yeah, I don't know, uh, you know, Fulham kick off against each other, then yeah, I'd probably be like, ah, oh, yeah, look at that. That's that's kind of fun. So um, and if your missus likes the violence, ice hockey might also be something, although I don't <laughs> think they fight as much in that as they used to. I don't think they <laughs> But, you know, it famously used to be like bench clearing brawls. Um, but anyway,
2: <laughs> it always <laughs> seems it always seemed to be the point of the sport to me. Um, yeah, more- they've
3: kind of it It doesn't. And I haven't I haven't. I mean, we have an ice hockey an NHL team here in Nashville, and I haven't been to one of their their games in a long time. But they used to be great fun to go to. Um, I, and I always kind of refer to to hockey as a little bit. It's, it's kind of, you know, soccer or football on ice because there are a lot of the same sort of types of rules. And I like it because it moves so fast, you know, um, American so, football. Yeah. That's one of the things that frustrates the bejesus out of me is it's just, it it's so much stop and start. And I'm like, let's get on with it. So anyway, <laughs>
2: Yeah, the, the the all the American sports are a fa- uh, endless source of fascination to me because I am not a native uh, and had no experience or exposure to it. Baseball is the one that eludes me. No, I, I mean, baseball, I can't. I, I, like I can, paint dry. Yeah, I mean, but 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 people will go and they'll go to the ballpark for hours and they sit there and have the time of their lives. I, I, I and you listen. I I one or two friends of mine are. Uh, hugely into it and they love the stats side of it, so I get it, I get it, but yeah. hockey was the one that always seemed the most visceral um, of, <laughs> of the sports, in, in every sense of that word, and you know, you, you just it, it, it was exciting, there was one channel that used to show it over here, it just highlights packages, so I used to see a bit, and then you become aware uh, of certain names, and yeah, I watched the 30 for 30 documentaries about the various teams, and it just, it's it's a, I would love to have more time in my life to follow different sports. But a bit like you, not only do I not really watch other sports much these days, I don't even watch much football. In fact, I just watch Liverpool, if I'm being perfectly honest. That's what I have in my life time-wise at the moment. So you run with that. And I guess, you know, at the far end of that moment with Darwin Nunes and his uh, his little uh, outburst is Pep Guardiola, who you will be aware of uh, being very much my least favorite man in football. And, and and that's quite, I'll tell you what, that's quite a sentence because um, you, may, that. Yeah, you may not have noticed this because, of course, I'm famously affable, but uh, I, I, I don't, there's a lot of people I don't like. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's quite a lot of people I realize that I don't like. I, I, I do my best to be to be affable and and, and to not, not let people get under my skin and stuff. But there are a few people, especially in football, who I really, really don't like. And I, I thought it'd be interesting to get your take on this. And again, because of, of the, the different perspectives and different sort of uh, durations of of, of of our and timelines, of our uh, individual support here of, of the of the game, because Guardiola, regardless of how long you want to stretch out my ridiculously long timeline, because I'm all as dirt, uh, I. I still have him right up there at the top. He, he, he grates on me in a way that I can't really fully articulate. It's the prissiness. It's the arrogance. It's the theatricality that borders on cringe all the time. And it's just this kind of aloof, um, like I say, arrogance that really, really bugs me. There's no need for a guy who's uh, as successful as him to be quite so obnoxious. Uh, but an awful lot of people forgive him everything because of the trophy count, Um, that doesn't wash it for me you see, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind giving me your top three, and the reason I was asking you this, and again, in an effort to tie things together, because I'm always trying to do this I like my podcast to be like the end of the uh, usual suspects, where where, uh, Dave Kujan is putting it all together Uh, (laughs) and it's all sort of coming together, he's realising that he's just had a number done on him because in that little clip, you may have heard a reference to uh, a certain Richarlison being yeah. daft and still being <laughs> daft, apparently. And my God, Mr. Richarlison is right up there in my top five yeah. of current annoying characters. But that's enough for me. I want to hear who it is that gets on your goat. Like, who is it that you love to hate in the game? I, I, and I, I think one of them may well have gone abroad. <laughs>
3: You know, I mean, all right. So, yes, Harry Kane, (laughs) I know that's what you're referring to. The thing with Harry Kane is not so much Harry Kane himself, because I do obviously recognize he's he's a wonderfully gifted player. What bothers me the most about Harry Kane was was all the fawning over him, especially, you know, in the last Euros competition where, you know, they were all ready to knight him on the field. That's that. You know, when I take a step back and look. That's what annoys me the more about Harry Kane, not him himself or even necessarily any specific way that he plays. Although, you know, he was really good at doing that sort of back into people thing and, you know, knocking them over. And yet he got the you know, he got the foul or the penalty for it. But so, yeah, so Harry really doesn't he doesn't. And again, now that he's over in the Bundesliga and I don't have to hear about him, you know, ad nauseum, you know, I really am fairly neutral about him these days. Richarlison is definitely one. He is such a bellend, and every time I see him, I just want to slap the shit out of him. I mean, he is just, as you say, a dreadful gang of lads. I mean, like the poster person for that. I mean, it. one of the highlights for me last season was him scoring that goal and being all ridiculous and celebrating, and then, like, what, 30 seconds later, we scored, you know, Another one I, that was it was brilliant. That was that was honestly probably one of my highlights of the season. Laurence, there were many to choose from, but that that would certainly be probably in top three moments. So yeah, Richarlison for sure. Um, I know there's others. Now I'm drawing a blank. Um, you know, and yeah, Pep. And you know, the thing with Pep was it's it's really only been in the last couple of years that he has truly started getting on my nerves. And I think it just took me a little bit longer to to realize the the more I was kind of exposed to him. Oh, the, no, he's gotten worse.
2: Of, he's gotten worse.
3: Uh, he has gotten worse. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, cause he just seems it just, it, it's so, I, I don't even know what to call it. Just disingenuous and just, yeah, just, You know, like the whole thing in the press conference ahead of the game against us, I don't know if you caught this, where he didn't know how to say um, Dominic Sabasley's name. And I'm like, really? I mean, come on.
2: (laughs) Well, actually, actually take it back about three seasons. uh, And that's when the descent into the truly obnoxious Guardiola began at a press conference. And it, I think it was, it was, um, it was himself and Clapo. It was obviously a high profile match. I, I have lost track in my mind of which game it was, but the, he was being interviewed and Jürgen was waiting in the wings and the, Press had obviously started to show a little bit of interest in the fact that Jürgen was in the wings and he obviously took the hump a little bit and he got up and he made a big song and dance about, Oh, here's Jürgen Klopp. Oh, And and he did this Mm -hmm. big gesture towards and Klopp's face, was an absolute picture because Klopp realized what was going on and that it was, this was not a friendly gesture that this was um, someone who who had a, 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 you know, stick up their ass about something. And, was was bent out of shape and he just sort of raises his eyebrows or kind of rolls his eyes a little bit himself and just goes, OK, we'll screw that guy and just gets on with his part of the press conference. But that was the moment where I thought everyone finally got to see what I've been picking up on, which is that I can't describe it better in prissiness, you know, the kind of like, <laughs> do you know, like sort of the. It's just it's just an obnoxious kind of arrogance and 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 uh, an assumption of, of 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 their own certitude all the time and their own importance and just it's really strong in him and and I find it obnoxious and to the extent that you know all this the loving for an in inverted commas pep has always done my head in like I've I just I, I I've probably gone over the top with it but it's just he 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 is really up there and you mentioned uh, we both mentioned Richarlison I knew, I knew Harry Kane was going to get a mention from you but <laughs> we look around the league and there are some there are some bad that Individuals, But you know where the next sort of villain type for me comes in is collectives, like certain groups of fans when you go to their ground that are just an awful, awful bunch. I mean, we've had a couple of examples this year of sets of fans coming downfield and chanting all sorts of obnoxious, frankly, Tory type chants about poverty and societal uh, decline. That just make you cringe and sort of make you wonder what decade is it so they 'd be kind of the nec- the next uh, on the indiv- uh, the next on my top three would probably be a collective like Nottingham Forest fans for example i 'm not a huge fan of crystal palace fans i 'll tell you they make a great great atmosphere. But they're not a very good bunch of fellas. Um, so you see where I'm going with that? Does yep. that sort of resonate with you a little bit, uh, given yeah. the experiences of the last couple of seasons?
3: Absolutely. And and you know now, I mean, not not necessarily, I I don't think because of the 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 poverty chance or anything, but but Everton fans right now, they're just so whiny. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: now I mean they may have some cause I'm not gonna you know deny that but they just seem such a miserable group of people and and again they they've probably got some cause for that but I it just yeah I mean they just seem generally miserable and and I'm kind you know and and where a part of me might have at one time had some sympathy I don't any longer because it it's just to to return to the word we've already used multiple times, obnoxious. I mean, they're just, you know, the booing and the, you know, and the general atmosphere that they create in their stadium is, is, it just seems very, you know, and again, I have, I have yet to go over and experience, you know, any of these, you know, stadium atmospheres firsthand. I only get kind of what I get through the TV, but, but just in general, they look just like such a miserable group Um, that I don't really want to have anything to do with them.
0: I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. (laughs) This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere.
2: well I, I I think that's very wise on your part and and like i i i like i say i i go, I go back a long way with this crack and I remember as a kid there was the so called friendly derby, and um I didn't buy into it when I was a really young kid and then sort of somewhere around my teens early teens, we had the horrible situation um that happened with Hillsborough and Then we had the Merseyside uh, um, FA Cup final. There had been one in 86 and they were actually both. They had that kind of uh, uh, collegial is a a strong word, but there was that kind of it wasn't that obnoxious sort of edge on it like there is now. Um, So there's probably something to that. But I, I, I was too young and I still hadn't been in the stadium environment. But from when I've been going to games, the games against Everton have been some of the most poisonous atmospheres by a mile. I mean, absolutely, just wretched. Uh, you know, kind of grim and 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 uh, a lot of just raw uh, aggression and 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 hatred on display, and and in the in both the chants and the shouts and the things you hear in the street before and after. So I mean, that's that's raw and 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 it's it's real. And I think you're right. They're they're an odd bunch. I think that's the, the most interesting thing about them um is that whatever other word you want to um throw in their direction, they are an odd bunch. And I'm speaking about some personally about a couple of Everton fans who who who, who I know. They're just they're odd lads fair play to them. But you know, I'm very fond of the two chaps, but strange men. Um, we we I do I do want us to sort of wrap up in in the next while, but also to stay kind of in the same vein conversationally. And so On the horizon, and this may seem obnoxious to use the phrase yet again, in terms of the presumption of it, and please don't think that this is presumption, but on the horizon is the potential of a night of tremendous fun, not that far away from me here, were the Reds to progress as they have done so far in the Europa League. And... Again, I'm not sure if this is one of the ones you were able to see with your commitments. Um well, the the match which saw us wrap up the group winning um thing, which was so important, because it means now that we get to skip out the qualifying round, uh, which is fairly important, I think you'll agree, and and not have to worry about that. Uh and Instead, we can focus on the knockout round now, um, which I think is on the 17th and the 14th of March. And unless I'm mistaken, I don't think I am, we have the second leg of that at Anfield as group winners. That's a hell of an advantage for us, regardless of who it is that we draw. And I think an awful lot of people will be like me and hope that some big team drops in uh, and we have a real sort of drama and a bit of, Um, a bit of occasion around that game, whatever that game happens to be, or games rather, that set of games. So were we to be successful uh, in that round of 16, uh, played in the 17th and the 14th, then the quarterfinals um, would be on the 11th and 18th of April. So another pair of games to get through the semis on the 2nd and the 9th of May and then on the 22nd of May is the final so you're looking at two, four, six, seven 7 games to win this trophy and you don't necessarily need to win all 7 you need to win um, the two-legged games on aggregate um, and we talked about this on Raw uh, I have a feeling that this is one that is not like we'd have a good chance of winning this, Lisa Marie. It's I think, you know, this is one that the club needs to win and should win. Um it's a real potential source of joy and fun for us this year. And I think it would be a real success. It it would complete the the club um trophy swipe completely. And also it would leave us in a situation where were we to qualify through the league for the Champions League, which we absolutely should do as well, these are high expectations, but they're the correct expectations that we'd have, you know, um qualified twice over. And that's that's the kind of thing that is pretty puts us pretty far ahead in terms of this so called
3: rebuild. What do you reckon? I I agree with you one hundred percent. Um I saw the first half of Thursday's thursday's match um i had to get on a work call for the second half and um and which i had hoped was going to be a quick work call and i would at least maybe get to see the last 10-15 minutes but unfortunately it was not so um but yeah i mean i think we have every reason to be optimistic that you know well first of all i mean yes wonderful that i mean i, I don't think there was ever any question that we were going to qualify out of the group that the 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 hope and the question and the expectation was that, yeah, we, we qualify first so that we can, we can skip that next round, which, you know, is, is good because that, that's, you know, two games. I'm assuming that that round is, is it, maybe it is, maybe it's only a one-off, but is, you know, that we don't have to play, um, you know, in February or, or whenever those are going to fall. So I, I think that is only to our advantage, um, not only just in general for the other competitions You know that you know. Hopefully, we're going to be circling in on the you know on the one cup final, and you know hopefully going forward, you know with the FA Cup, if you know if we will or whatever. So, so any less games that we don't have to play because not because we're out of a competition, but but just that's less juggling we have to do with the squad. I'm I'm all in favor of. So yeah, but I mean I I think it is. I'm I think I I. You know, once I got over that initial disappointment that we didn't make top four last season and weren't and weren't going to be, you know, in the Champions League, playing in the Champions League this year, I, I kind of got all in on the Europa thing because again, it was a competition that I hadn't really per se experienced, um, because again, I was just sort of starting to to follow the team when they, you know, were in it the last time. So while I understand it's, you know it's not necessarily where we, where we want to be. I'm all for something that, you know, we've got a pretty good shot of, of winning. And as you said, completing, completing the set for, for Jurgen so that, you know, he's got them all um, to, to line up on his mantelpiece when, when he unfortunately moves on from us one day. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it, it it's exciting. Um, And, and I think it's, it's a good step for this, you know, rebuild that we that we all kind of talk about but don't want to talk about if if you will, the, the Liverpool 2.0. But I think it it can be a really important step for that for that progression for the team. You know, you know, we have so many new players that weren't around heck, even when we were in this most recent Champions League final a couple of years ago, if you think about it, how much the squad has turned over since then. So to to give a lot of these players that sense of occasion and, and competition, you know, before we get back into the Champions League, I think can only benefit us as well.
2: Yeah, and we do. Uh, we are in a better spot than when Klopp arrived first in terms of the spine of the team. No doubt about it. There's there's a better base there, but it is still an overhaul. Uh, regardless of whether you want to use the word rebuild or not, the, the midfield uh, is 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 very close to a rebuild. But the overhaul has occurred up top as well. I mean, it's not that long ago we were talking about our glorious trio, and now. Darwin and Luis Diaz are nominally two of that three. Uh, that's a turnaround. And in defence, we will, I hope, begin to see um, a turnaround in personnel there as well, because we have a, a need for it on the flanks for sure. Um, and and that will, I think, probably take at least until next summer. But it is very much a changing off the guard. And there is a potential that the team in midway through next season will only have three or four of that kind of all-conquering side um, still playing at their very best. And I think that would be absolutely optimal for us because it would mean, hopefully, that we've made the right recruits and lads who are capable of playing first-team football. But in the short term, this idea of the UEFA, or Europa, excuse me, uh, league (laughs) – and the fact that it's, you know, the finals on up the road, I'm looking at who's left to drop in. So in Group A, it's West Ham and Freiburg on 12 points each going into the last game. Marseille and Brighton are 11 and 10 going into the last game. It's Betis and Rangers on 9 and 8 going into the last game. Um, Atlanta, Asalanta and Sporting are on 11 and 8. So likely probably Sporting uh, would be potential uh, opponents there. Uh, then there's our group uh, Rennes and Vill- Villarreal uh, Villarreal, God um, yeah, I mean, it is so so they're on 12 and 9 and um, Slavia, Prague and Roma on 12 and 10, Leverkusen and Karabagh on 15 and 7 Carabaig very much and Molda in the second spot there, and obviously then we have the excitement of people dropping in from the Champions League as well, the potential there of, I think, currently Newcastle possibly United um, PSG are probably the biggest names um, that we might have there. So there is a a kind of a path that could be very exciting indeed um, for us to navigate through to get to that game in Dublin. And what I'm saying right now uh, on the record is if we do get there to add to the hashtag fun, uh, seen as it mightn't be my field for much longer. If anyone wants to come over, um, it'll be May. So I can't guarantee the weather. But if anyone wants to come over and, and put up some temporary accommodation there. Tents or whatever it happens to be, I will feed you. That's all I can tell you. And I'll bring you. And and I'll bring you to the match as well. I will drive you. I
3: think I already called that last last spring.
2: I think you may have. I think you (laughs) may. I think I already made
3: my reservation.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you may you may actually be lucky enough to be inside. Oh,
3: (laughs) give me a give me a a square of the living room floor.
2: So uh, yeah, I mean, look, the potential for crack there is unbelievable, and I just, I really hope that that's how our season ends with us flying in the league and heading towards another European final. Um, it seems I know a little bit presumptuous to be talking like that, but then again, if we can't presume about this bunch of lads and this manager, then I think we're we might be missing the point because they are, um and have proven themselves to be worth relying on over the course of Klopp's tenure. Uh, and it's just, it, it is an exciting time to be Red again. It does feel like we're a little bit ahead of the game as opposed to where people thought we might be uh, when the season kicked off um, in terms of this rebuild, overhaul, reboot, whatever way you want to put it. and uh, Once we're knocking along in this positive way that we are at the minute. We'll be very much enjoying doing these podcasts and guess what? If it goes all pear shaped, we'll also enjoy doing the podcast because some of the best fun I've ever had was on podcasts when things <laughs> have gone astray. Uh, so <laughs> we can, you can, you can rely on us here to try to keep you entertained as we have today. And I want to thank Lisa Marie because it's, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a bigger ask when there's only two of us and uh, the, 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 the balls bouncing back to you a lot more, um, frequently than it would be if we had our usual panel so as ever thanks very much for today
3: always a pleasure trev i can generally talk about just about anything if if someone gives me the opening but um (laughs) (laughs) for the most part talking is generally not a problem for me um ask my parents um but no no i i'm glad we were able to make the make this time um as as i say to you often when when we aren't able to, to make it work to, to do this pod, it's, it, it's kind of a bit of a letdown and, and a disappointment. Although I understand my life gets in the way, your life gets in the way, everybody's lives, you know, sometimes just, just get in the way. But, um, it is a bit of a disappointment when, when it's been a couple of weeks before we've had a chance to, to get together and, and talk about life in Liverpool and, and all the things. So, um, thank you for, um, making this work today.
2: Absolutely. And uh, I I appreciate you indulging my house chat because it's going to keep coming. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell y'all. Um, but I'm just, um, I, I, I went a bit southern there for a minute. Um, but Ah,
3: uh, (laughs) I'm I'm rubbing off on y'all. There
2: you go. There you go. (laughs) Y'all are. Uh, So we'll wrap it up um, with thanks to Lisa Marie. I have been Trev Denny. This is the Anfield Index podcast. And by the way, if you're not listening to all the other wonderful content on this channel, what's wrong with you? Go and have a listen. Go and check it out. There's a show literally for everyone. There's so much content, such a variety of voices, um, wildly differentiating views. There is no one unified agenda. Let me tell you that for sure, because some people would stab each other in the eyes rather than agree. And yet that's absolutely fine, because the atmosphere on this channel of ours is inclusive and genuinely friendly. And we can accept two ideas at once in our heads. Imagine that. Imagine that. Anyway. That's been us for this week. Episode 374 will be back for 375. Mind yourselves.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community